Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi guys, and we are back for another episode. I'm so humbled and grateful to have an amazing and beautiful guest here with me. Her name is Rihanna Mill. And Rihanna, we are going to have an amazing conversation. And I think this topic is going to touch a lot of people because a lot of our childhood traumas affect our dating, relationships, marriage, work, and everything. <laughs> That's right, Judy. It sure does. Right. So thank you. So let me introduce you so that people know who this amazing person on this podcast is. So Rihanna Mill is a certified global life and love coach, a certified clinical trauma and addictions professional. Guys, you know, I'm a social worker, so this touches home for me. (laughs) A certified mindfulness coach, number one bestselling author. And we will talk about where you can get her book and you have to support the host of her podcast called Lessons in Life and Love, an educational speaker. She's a certified mindset coach and a licensed mental health counselor for over 20 years living in Palm Beach County, Florida. Isn't that awesome? You get to have the sun all the time. (laughs) So Rihanna, she's also a life and dating coach for you single people. For the docuseries Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love, over 40, and her client is now happily married. Guys, love exists. Rihanna specializes in those who have had past childhood or relationship trauma and offers coaching programs for both singles and couples globally through her lifeandlovetrainingacademy.com. That's her website, so check it out. Rihanna has a free app. It's Lessons in Life and Love on the go, and it offers many videos and her podcast. Her five-star rated books, the number one bestseller, again, guys, you have to support, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve, and Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success Addresses Life Difficult Transitions, Personal Transformation, The Mindset for Success, and Having Loving Conscious Relationships with Yourself and Others. Wow, Rihanna, this is amazing. You just have so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like I said, I'm beyond blessed and oh, honored and Thank grateful you. that you are here. And, you know, this is, it, I guess, you know, when I got in contact with you, for me, as soon as I see trauma coach or trauma anything for me, it's like, yes. I mean, it sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's someone that we could connect with. But it's so fascinating. It is, but I think we don't really talk about how trauma impacts our relationships. It's so important. Right. So in getting to that, can you tell us a little bit more about your work as a life, love, and relationship coach and how you came into it? Sure. Well, as a, the traditional psychotherapist, I graduated with a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology in year 2000. Nice. And um, basically, I had my own practice, but I also did other work. So I worked in the schools with every grade level, kindergarten through college as a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor, working with those who've had traumatic situations or mostly upset kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I worked in Atlantic Care, which is a hospital in South Jersey, 
in their child and adolescent unit. Those are kids that were suicidal or cutting, using drugs, acting out because they're upset. Uh, then I was in a drug and alcohol rehab center for both adolescents one time and another time with women from the prison system. So everyone I worked with in traditional therapy had come from trauma. Wow. So this was ongoing, constant. And then it was when I had a marriage that ended up in a traumatic situation that I experienced love trauma. Mm. And none of my psychotherapist friends, A, knew how to help me, B, knew what he had and why he would do this because on the surface, our relationship was idyllic. Mm. You know, we never fought. We traveled the world. We had a lot of romance. We danced together. We had a lot of fun. Everyone's there. We want to be you guys. You know? But then so, behind closed doors, it's a whole yeah, different thing. He just got back from a great vacation, and then uh, he was a principal in the school. It's not allowed in his office, and you know it all exploded. So he was immediately fired, and um, so not only did it impact his life, his career, his income, his reputation. He ran out of town. I was the homeowner, and I wasn't running anywhere. Right. You know, but it did impact me and my work, and and my sadness due to the fact that our retirement was going to be Florida together, right? Mm. So it was um, quite shocking, and nobody knew what he had. And, and the last thing he said to me, he goes, I don't know why I sabotage everything I love. Wow. I said, I'm going to find out why, because I need the answers. So that started me on my quest of research. And I said, this stuff is so good that I'm learning that I started to write it in Love Beyond Your Dreams. But then I've learned so much more since the love book has come out. That's over 400 pages. Mm. So the rest went into my course, um, Life and Love Transformation for Singles and Couples. And it's an amazing program that we do 50% life coaching and 50% love coaching. So if they're singles, teaching them the exact information they need to go out and attract emotionally healthy, conscious, evolved love. Evolved meaning being your highest and your best self. And then for couples, the program's called Relationship Rescue. And these are for couples going round and round the toxic abuse cycle. And somebody finally says, I can't do this anymore. I'm done, you know, and let's go get help. But coaching's amazing because it's so much more educational. Mm -hmm. It's actually teaching you what to do, where therapy, you just sit and people ask you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> it's all about <laughs> feeling in therapy. And it, 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 it <laughs> go around so many times. It's like, I found in my practice... I was always more of a coach, and I got certified in 2009, RCI, Relationship Coaching Institute, and really loved the coaching model because it was so much more educational and so much more hands-on and a high level of service yes. um, that I can give better service than I could in therapy. That's, I mean, your story is, is everyone's story, right? If you think mm -hmm. about a woman who's been married, um, and I'm sure you see it, like the the transitions between um, couples that you've worked with or even individuals that you start seeing patterns and similarities in people. And, and ultimately, people want love. People want connection, right? And The number people, one need for humans is to feel right, loved right. and supported. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you specialize in those who have experienced childhood traumas. How does that hold one back from having a life and love relationship they dream of? Well, the thing is, the emotional triggers keep getting in the way, mm. or the old behavioral patterns that become normalized over time. And I'll list what the 10 traumas are and then how they show up. Yes, I've been waiting for become, those 10 traumas. <laughs> and then how they become normalized. And then that's the problem. They're so normalized that the person doesn't see there's a problem. 
you know, and then they keep attracting the same person over and over. I call it same person, different face. Right. right. So it's the same personality type they keep attracting over and over again. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about those 10 traumas? Yeah, there's actually more than 10. Mm. But when I, I give a presentation, I only have time for 10. <laughs> these are the top 10 that I kept saying over and over and over in my work. And it's funny because the Kaiser Permanente group out of San Diego. Yes, they did are a whole amazing. Study on over 17,000 people where unhealed childhood trauma uh, results in early illness and disease. The ACEs. Right? Yep, the ACEs. Yes, yep. the ACE test. Yep. And it's quite an, an interesting how different my childhood checklist was to the <laughs> ACE test. As we go through, I'll tell you the differences. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I scored a shocked. seven, so I know. <laughs> I was shocked when they didn't have some of the things that I had because mm. I was in the trenches with these kids. And I'm like, how could they miss this? Okay, so let's go through the top 10 yes. traumas. And as I do, I just want to make sure the listeners know this is not about feeling blame for your parents and being angry. They did the best they know how. As a matter of fact, childhood trauma goes through three generations. So if you had trauma, they did, and so did their parents. Okay, so at least three generations. And number two, it's not about feeling shame yourself because you were just a little child. You were just in this environment. There's nothing you can do about that. And children don't have the uh, emotional or mental capacity to change things, right? So mm -hmm. they adopt certain behavior, which we call coping skills, mm -hmm. just to get by and survive in their own childlike way, right? So that's kind of what we're talking about. Okay, so as we go through, the first one is if you had an, a parent with any kind of an addiction. Now, Kaiser names drugs and alcohol, and I am a drug and alcohol addictions therapist. Mm. So there's a whole lot more, many more addictions that impact the family. So here's my 11, <clears throat> drugs and alcohol, mm -hmm. sex, meaning you knew your parent was a chronic cheater, mm. porn, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism. And a new one I've added recently is addiction to your machines, social media, Interesting. too much time away from your child, always into the computers, putting children on the computers for hours and hours and hours so that the social capacity is just minimal. And it's really hurting our, our children today. It really is. Of that. Yeah. So I had to add that one. So now there's 12 addictions. <laughs> okay. The second one is verbal abuse. So you could see a verbal fighting between your parents or they were yelling at you. But I also named these because I found them so impactful. Never hearing I love you. Mm. Never hearing great job, hon, or I'm proud of you. Instead, you might hear something you'll amount to no good. Wow. I'm not spending money on college. You'll just waste it. You know, things like that. Yeah. Verbal put downs is what they're called. Or if they're mad at you and they don't talk to you for hours or days, which we call stonewalling. Okay. Third one is emotional abuse or neglect. Mm -hmm. Fourth one is physical abuse, any kind of beatings or hittings, sexual abuse, rape, or molestation. Mm -hmm. Those could have happened inside or outside of the home. The next one is abandonment. Now, they did not mm -hmm. have abandonment on their list at all. I named two types of abandonment, fault and no fault. Mm. No fault is if a parent dies early. Right. If they um, had to go off to war. Or like in my situation, my dad worked away from home a lot because we didn't know it, but he was an FBI and CIA agent. Wow. So I remember asking a lot, when's daddy coming home? And I was raised many years without my dad around. 
a lot of the time, right. you know, and he was very warm and loving when he was there. So we missed him a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because he wasn't there. Um, so that's that. And then fault abandonment would be if um, there was no parent in the life at all mm-hmm. of the child. If they were there for a period of time, there was a divorce or a breakup, and then that parent barely sees the child. Or even if the, the child goes for visitation, and let's say they're sitting in the home, but let's say the father's checking out and watching football all weekend. Mm-hmm. Like and foster kid, care and the children. Yeah, the yeah. child's in, their, in the bedroom just on computer, mm-hmm. and there's no real connection. Those are fault abandonments. Mm-hmm. So there's actually something called the emotional abandonment, and that's what I'm talking about there. Okay, the next one, uh, being part of foster care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I jumped ahead. <laughs> if you were adopted or had to go live in parents' homes, Uh, or other people's homes because your parents couldn't take care of you. Those were not named at all in the Kaiser study. Mm-hmm. The next one wasn't either. Personal trauma, bullying, feeling different. You might have been an overweight child, an underweight child, had a medical condition like asthma, and you couldn't be on the, the sports teams. Uh, you might have been really skinny as a kid and called a nerd or overweight child. So for some reason, and there's many of them, You didn't feel good enough. You didn't feel worthy. You didn't feel like you fit in. That one is huge. And that's yeah. probably the most popular of the 10 traumas. Most people can relate to that mm-hmm. in some way. Okay. Number eight is sibling trauma. Mm. And this, I don't think was in their original list either. I don't think so. No. Yeah. So sibling trauma is, let's say your sibling was born with a medical condition. So they got all the time and attention and you couldn't right? Because your parents needed to help the other child. Right. Um, if that child bullied you, or more so, you perceive them to be the golden child. So mom and dad gave them more time, attention, and accolades, maybe because they were more handsome or beautiful. They were the star athlete. Um, they were smarter than you. For some reason, they got mom's and dad's time and attention. Mm. Trauma number nine is actually two traumas. I had to bring one from the later list in and it could <laughs> stay outside of the top 10. So it's Nine and a half. <laughs> But that one is community trauma. Yeah. Community trauma is our mass shootings, our community shootings, uh, schools, um, and then losing large portions of our communities by storms, fires, hurricanes, floods, any natural disasters. And this has been more and more happening in our world with global warming. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is scary for adults. Can you imagine little children living through this? It's right. very difficult. And then the other part was called family trauma. Now, they had this one if a parent was incarcerated. They had that. But I also include if they they had a lot of moves, like our military families have to move every two to four years. That displaces children from their schools and their friends a lot through childhood. Um, If you grow up in poverty or lack or a dangerous neighborhood, Uh, if you heard a lot of messages around lack, like your parents fighting over money, so there's not enough money for food, or we can't pay the heating bill, you know, they, those are messages around lack that impact people later in their adult life. And then number 10 was if there was a mental health issue in mm-hmm. mom or dad, for the baby boomers listening out there, our parents really didn't go to counseling. No, so we didn't you know, that was or like culturally. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> We have to kind of guess, right? Mm-hmm. So the most, two most difficult for a child to navigate is bipolar and borderline. Mm. So borderline would be fast trigger anger, a lot of moodiness, 
But when they were good, they were great. But when they were bad, they were horrid. Yeah. You never knew what you were going to get. These people yeah. would get angry at the littlest thing that nobody else would get angry about. So it's very hard parents to get along with. Bipolar is manic depressive. Mm -hmm. Now, manic phase can come up as gambling, spending spree, eating binge, something like that. And depression can come out as anger, checking out emotionally, or extreme fatigue. So those are the top 10 that I name. And 90% of people have at least one to three of these. And you named some really good ones because I've sat at the training for Kaiser Permanente and I've done the ACEs and I work with clients that we, you know, we've incorporated the ACEs and just hearing mm -hmm. you talk about your list, I'm like, you know, you sit in the trainings, you're like, we're, I know we're missing stuff. Even when I was completing the form, <laughs> I'm like, I could check off 50 more questions of these, yeah. you know, like we're missing things that we know impact us. Missing and important things. Important and, things. And they finally added, I think I heard it last year, they finally added bullying. I'm mm. like, well, finally, you know, and I've seen it in every grade level and how much this impact kids and they're going to school every day to be tortured. Right. It's traumatic. It is traumatic. And the trauma yeah. that it involves in the school system and with friends and peers and seeing other people being bullied, it's, it's a lot. So right. that list is actually super amazing. And I'm, I'm it, like, it just, it was a breath of fresh air. And I was sitting here with like cheesy face, just smiling the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yes. a student in class. Like, yes. The ones I saw over and over and over again. And yeah. it's like, and then I looked at my ex who had nine out of the 10 traumas. Mm. And then I do a uh, severity level from one to 10 with most severe eight, nine and 10. Right. So his severity levels were seven, eight and nine. Now, a psychopath is a sociopath who kills. Right. He's at level 10. A sociopath would be 8, 9. A sociopath uses people for pleasure or profit without any remorse. Right. You never hear these people say they're sorry. No, ever. Ever. And they always blame it's everybody else's fault, why they're upset, or they did something wrong because it's their fault and mm -hmm. never admit fault, right? Um, so they're at the higher level and then right below that is narcissism, <laughs> right? But the psychopath and sociopath are both malignant narcissists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. anyway, that's the, the more severe the children had to experience in their life, the, you know, the more you're going to see the severity levels. Now, and, is this... Um, that's what led to my forgiveness because I'm there. Wow. He had so many of these at severe levels. No wonder he did what he did and... It led to my forgiveness and understanding. Right. So now at this score and this scaling, just to kind of jump in, is this like um, graded by like, you know, you score four if you scored on this or how, how do you get the ratings from very like... very personalized. You know, okay. I do have the four free love tests on my website, oh. RihannaMilne.com, and they can go and do them and they can see what they have on these tests. Okay, great. It really takes, you know, I interpret these tests for people and there is a way that they can sign up to meet with me. Um, and then I go very deep and have to ask other questions, mm. right? And then I start putting the correlations together of what happened in your past and why you're suffering right now, whether it's in life, love, or business. So how's this show up in life? It shows mm. up in life by ongoing anxiety, bouts of depression, so people who are on psychotropic meds, they're just putting a Band-Aid on. To Absolutely. The symptoms. They're not getting to the root of mm -hmm. the issues, all the problems. So that's where the trauma work is really, really important. And I'm a CCTP, Certified Clinical Trauma mm -hmm. Professional. So everybody's trauma and severity levels are different. Very and they're different. showing up differently mm -hmm. in life, right? 
So that's why I have to work very individually uh, in interpreting the tests. And then um, in love, we'll go into how that can show up. So someone who has jealousy or control issues, that would be someone with maybe trauma number seven, never felt good enough, pretty enough, handsome enough. And maybe number two, verbal, mm -hmm. uh, where they were said, they're, they're no good, you'll never amount to anything. Uh, those messages lead to a lot of control. Uh, where does lying come from? Lying comes from, let's say, a father's going to beat his son. He gets beatings on a regular basis. The boy got an F on his paper. He has to get it signed. He turns it into an A. He found out he could get away with it. He goes, great. You know, so he says, wow, lying works, and it becomes a way of survival. Mm. So the charmers and the manipulators of the world become very expert at lying, and these People usually have had severe beatings and, you know, they learn these coping mechanisms. Let's say the little boy becomes a class clown yeah. or the teacher's pet, you know, to schmooze the teacher. So getting a D or get a C if he, you know, helps her out around the classroom. <laughs> so he learns to be charming and manipulative or funny, right, to get kids to like him. If he's a little bit different or a little bit nerdy, mm -hmm. he might turn into the class clown instead. So that all, you know, survival skills. A lot of women have what we call people pleasing. So <laughs> let's say Absolutely. the little girl, yeah, had the mom who was an alcoholic and she was demanding and nasty. And um, that would be, you know, if she would get her siblings up and get them dressed and fed and out to the bus stop so mom wouldn't yell at any of them. Mm. So this older daughter learns, I get love by pleasing. My worth is coming through pleasing. Wow. So this couple will come to me and the woman will say, I'm so burnt out and exhausted. Nobody loves me as much as I love them. I do everything for my husband, for my kids. They do nothing for me. Wow. Because this pattern became normalized. Right. And that was her, you know, how she, she gets by in life. Um, with abandonment issues, there's a lot of love addiction, codependency mm. going on. So this might be the woman that consciously knows, wow, this guy's so bad for me, but she keeps breaking up and going back <laughs> because she's afraid to be alone, right. right? Or, you know, she has to have love to feel value or mm -hmm. worth. So they think this is better than having no one. But, you know, the world is scarce. There's not enough men out there, that kind of feeling, right? That's abandonment issues. Right. So I have so to run this back. this shows up in... Really, you know, and people of trauma attract people of trauma. Yes. So the interesting things, people were told, especially in America, you fall in love through chemistry. There's <laughs> attraction and there's butterflies. Right. And you're feeling all alive. That's your phenylalanine and serotonin running around your brain. Yes, this is love. Well, no, what it's doing is pulling you to the past. Mm. And the brain doesn't know trauma-wise if this is a good memory or a bad memory. It just knows it's all lit up. Wow. So this is why you're very often attracted to the characteristics of your mom or dad. Wow. That, that's just yeah. so interesting that you say that because um, you see that often in women and you also see sometimes people are looking for um, a parental replacement, if you will, or looking to see if they can find someone to be like their dad or their mom or the opposite, not but not really, but not consciously. That. Right. You know, they'll, they'll say, I never would want anyone like my dad. And then I'll do their whole assessment. It's like, you really did pick a partner just like your father. Did. You know, they're like <laughs> identical. Why did I do that? Right. And that's why. 
chemistry. So mm. instead, you have to become very educated about relationships. What is an emotionally healthy relationship? What are the traits that you look for? You've got to be more knowledgeable. You just don't go out to, on the date to have fun. My clients have 24 questions. They know they better be asking, and they assess. Oh, that's awesome. trauma? How bad is it? Is it healed yet? Because it can be something that it was in the past, but mm -hmm. they healed it. Or if it's still active, and I can give you a really good example story. Yes, about absolutely. Like. And guys, okay. did you hear that? 24 questions before you go out on a date with oh. someone. <laughs> I love it. Well, and they're not like interview style. No, but I think that's wonderful. Questions. So one of them is, so tell me, is, is, tell me about your mom and dad. Mm. So, okay. and it doesn't look like an interview question. It looks like you just no, want to know about them. It's a common conversation question. Nice. So one of my baby boomer women was out on a date. She knew to ask this question. And she said initially the guy was very charming, put out her chair, offered her food and drink. You know, it was a first date, so a lot of men don't offer to buy you food, but he did. And they were laughing and having a good time. And she says, so tell me now. She brought up the question. And he goes, well, they're interested. And mm. she knew right away there was an issue. <laughs> my father was an alcoholic when I was young, and he was horrible. But by the time I was 13, he stopped. And he worked really hard to rebuild that relationship with me. So we would go camping together and fishing together. And I miss him. He's, he's dead now. But, you know, in, in our older years, we had a good relationship. Mm. So that shows it's healed. Right. 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 Okay. Then he gets to the mother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And the mother... He goes, oh, well, if I didn't have to see her, I wouldn't. She's in an old age home. I go up once a week just because I should. But mm. she never stopped her drinking. She was a nightmare. And neither did she step in to try to protect me when my dad was, was beating me. Wow. So he was still angry at that mother. Right. And you could hear it in the tone of voice. And we call that term a mother hater. It's not a psychological term <laughs> that people can relate to. It's an actual term, guys. Yeah, yeah, right? And the problem is this man, that type of man will never love and appreciate or respect his woman. Wow. Because he has anger and low trust around the first woman he's supposed to love, his yes, mother. his mother. Wow. Yes. So there it goes. And then uh, she, you know, she asked a couple other questions. She wasn't crazy about those answers. So she held the date together, said goodbye. It was really nice to meet you. He goes, well, I'd like to see you again. She goes, well, Okay, yeah, probably, you know. <laughs> Maybe. So she leaves and she thinks about it. Every night she texts me. She goes, and I said, and what do you think I used to do? She goes, too many warning flags on the first date. I said, agreed. So the next day she wrote, you know, really nice meeting you, but I don't think we're quite a match. And he, he picked up the phone and started screaming at her. Wow. And she goes, you know what? I don't tolerate this from anyone. Goodbye, good luck, and God bless. Hung up the phone and blocked his number. And that was it. And his, so the rest of his true colors came empowered, out. <laughs> right? They know exactly what to look for. This type of thing won't shake them up because they know the why. Mm -hmm. They're not taking it personally. It wasn't about her. It's about his unhealed stuff. Mm. And they know, like, that doesn't get better unless you, you work with it to <laughs> get it out of your brain and body cells because that's where trauma is stored. Right. And you have to emotionally heal mm -hmm. from all that. Yeah. Absolutely. That is just amazing. Um, so now I'm, I'm just thinking about what you're talking about and how can someone heal their trauma? And if they don't do this, what happens? You kind of touched well, on it, but let's talk about yeah. the what happens. 
Well, the part of the problem is we're talking with women here. A lot of women are separated or divorced from these toxic men or still living with them, and the children are going to be affected. Right. So if you have toxicity within your home, trust me, it's happening because these are the kids I saw in the schools, <laughs> right? And the, the, the parents are thinking, my kid's ADHD. Well, no, if they're in a traumatic home, if cortisol is up, the stress chemical, learning and memory goes down. Yeah. And when I was had these kids, these were the kids I saw, the ADHD kids, the oppositional defiant students, the ones that were, quote, labeled, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in the school districts. But I'd have them in my office. We would meditate. They, we'd listen to Louis Miguel. I didn't know a word of Spanish, a little bit. But <laughs> they're there, Miss Rihanna, put Mr. Louis on. <laughs> and they'd go back, like, super calm. And the teachers are like, how'd they get so calm? This kid was just raging, you know, walking in the door this morning. And I said, well, you know, we talked about it. Then we did some meditation. Mm-hmm. Then we did some music therapy. And... You know, and now he's determined to get his stars the rest of the day. So I did positive parenting techniques within the school as their SAC counselor. Mm -hmm. So these kids really turned around. And then their teachers liked them better. And then they had more friends. And now they're getting the outside positive reinforcement by not acting out. Mm. But it's a lot to learn, right? It's a lot to teach these children how to process their anger and talk about it. Um, so that's what happens with the kids. You only need one good, solid, emotionally healthy parent to raise emotionally healthy, successful kids. So and that's great that mother, you say that. Yeah, gets, be the stable one. And if you need help, get help. Yeah. Don't wait, because not only are you teaching yourself, you're teaching your child. I have an interesting story around that. I had a woman come to me, and she had 18 years with a toxic alcoholic marriage. She left him, had a boyfriend, also toxic seven years with him so her children saw from ages seven to 14 with the boyfriend Mm. in the first seven years with their father right so it was not healthy (laughs) and and the kids were really mad at her by the time they came to me they were teenagers so I you know the mom was my client I said we have to do some parenting skills early on here Mm -hmm. let's heal your family and it was like a night and day difference when I helped her kids oh, that's and they were then thriving and not angry and doing vacations together and had real close conversations. So it's about healing the family through the primary parent that signs up with me or the couple, the right. couples coming to me. Um, so if you don't heal it, the problem is you don't know how to fix this. Mm. And I was at the stage of, I don't know what I don't know. Like, why am I att- attracting sociopaths? I'm really a nice person. <laughs> But one of the problems is sociopaths goes after nice, helpful women. Yes, they do. Nurses, school teachers, therapists, Mm. because we're loving, we're forgiving, we're kind. Understanding. Those type of people in their life, and then they start manipulating Mm -hmm. faith-based people. I'm a faith-based woman. Yes. So I mean, these are the we're the targets. So you have to really know what's what you're looking for. And what's dangerous and stop yourself and have the confidence to say no thank you and walk away next you know thank you next our motto <laughs> is we'd rather be single than settle we're not going to settle for that oh i like that single and settled mm-hmm. that is rather awesome. be single than settle <laughs> rather oh yes <laughs> rather right. be single than then settle for, then something, settle for toxic. something toxic that's right. right so what does the emotionally healthy evolved relationship look like give me five okay. things Okay, well, first of all, you know, evolved means being your highest and your best self. Mm-hmm. Conscious dating 
is being consciously aware of everything going on. You're not just flying by the seat of your pants and going out to have a good time. You are thinking, you are watching, you are asking the right questions. You're listening for the answers. You're analyzing, is this person good for me? Are we going in the same direction together? So it's consciously aware all the time. And this is what I teach my clients to go from unconscious living to conscious, positive mindset. Mm. Okay. So we bring that into dating. Once you learn how to do that, that's the life portion. Then, then we go out, we go out dating. So for couples, um, and this is all in section four of my book, love beyond your dreams. Um, there's something I say, you, you have to have this logo or slogan. It's you and me against the world. So mm. you put your partner first, not your children. Too many couples are making that mistake and putting their kids first and running them all around and never having any time or energy for the couple. And eventually the couple falls apart. Right. So if you put your partner first and you keep the parental unit strong, then your kids will always have that happy family in place. Mm. So it's you and me against the world with the couple first. And then each person in the couple, like an equilateral triangle, three equal sides, it's you, me, and us. Mm. So the you and me, each man, partner A and partner B, because I do work with LGBTQ uh, clients as well. Mm -hmm. So partner A, you know, will have their work and then maybe exercise and then a hobby and their friends. And so will partner B. But, and they should engage in those things. But if they're not doing any engagement as a couple or they do maybe an hour a week, that's really shortchanged. And that's where the couple, again, falls apart. So you have to make sure it's really balanced, you, me, and us. Uh, for singles, you want to be what you want to attract. Mm. So a lot of ladies say, I want a really financially secure guy. And I say, well, are you? Right. <laughs> What's your credit score? <laughs> right? uh, yeah. Because when they marry, it's now a bond. If right. one score is low and the other one's high, you're in trouble. Right. Okay. So it costs you. And you better have your life together. Because when you do and you're a successful single going out to date, guess what? You're not going to be attracted to anyone that does not have their life together, mm-hmm. who is not evolved, is not conscious, is not emotionally healthy. Um, so when you have your life together, you're going to attract a much better person. And the confidence and the aura is there. Yes. You know, my clients become the chooser. We have plenty of dates, plenty of people asking to be exclusive and lots of marriage invitations. I've had nine in my wow. life. Wow. <laughs> you know, to be married. And I'm, I'm choosing yes or no for reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, great guy, but. You know, and I may say no to that. So, um, but we get to be the choosers and that's a powerful place to be. Uh, you got to know your wants, needs and requirements. So if I'm working with someone younger, let's say it's a woman 30 and she go, I asked, do you want to be married and have children? She goes, absolutely. I couldn't even imagine my life if I weren't a mom. So then we have to make sure her requirements are met. So mm-hmm. one of her first date questions are, so do you envision yourself being a dad and being married one day? The answer is like, well, I don't know. I don't think about it much. I guess if she really does, that's a no. That's a no. Run. That is a no. <laughs> right? Run and block him. <laughs> and the guy who's a yes would say, oh, absolutely. I, I really want to be a dad. I, that would be awesome. You know, I don't care if I have a boy or a girl, but I want to be a dad. That's a yes. Right. So, you know, you don't care how cute they are. It's like that requirement of requirements are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So if that requirement is not met, you're not interested. Right. And you can easily walk away because you're that empowered. So we, we look at that as well. Um, there's both emotional needs and functional needs. Like emotional needs are, are you someone that likes 
PDA, public displays of yeah. affection, or are you more reserved? Because if you love affection all the time and your partner does not, you're not going to be happy when you see them as cold, <laughs> right? Um, and then functional needs is, are they willing to be the equal parent? Mm. Are they a partner that picks up after themselves and shares the cooking and the cleaning? I mean, long gone are the days of Ozzy and Harriet. <laughs> oh, yeah. The shows we grew up with where that happy housewife yeah. was doing all the work, you know. In the 70s, where I was very much a part of seeing that growing up and then going to college, it's like, okay, now you have to do all of that, plus go to college and earn a living and raise the kids. Mm -hmm. And this is why so many marriages fell apart, because the man became like another child. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and culturally, too. I mean, in my culture, it's like the woman has to take care of the man. And imagine me with five brothers. I was like, I'm not doing that. It's and that's ridiculous. my personality is just like, no, we're equal here. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. So. And that's why, you know, the millennial men are doing so much better. Two son-in-laws. Actually, mm-hmm. my daughter just birthed twins on Friday. Oh, congratulations. So it's a very exciting time for my family. But he was great in taking care of the kids and watching over her and being in touch with the moms, you know. And he's a very active dad. Both my son-in-laws are yeah. very active dads. And thank God they are because the children are thriving yes. and they will continue to thrive with having that loving couple first and that loving full-time parent you know both of them times two now not mm-hmm. just the mom i mean the and look at who's their mother-in-law off. they better get it together <laughs> they're great Trust they me, have no choice <laughs> my two daughters are amazing and my son's son-in-laws are as well so we're very fortunate and another one of the five is that uh the studies show two people that are faith-based and share faith mm-hmm. have the longest and happiest relationships. So I did read that somewhere. Yes. I did read yeah. that somewhere. That was probably like in one of my Bible apps or something, uh, mm-hmm. but I did read that somewhere. Very important. Very so those important. are a few of the tips and then you can read tons more in the love book. Yes. And of course, Rihanna, you have given us so much information, but I do not want to keep teasing the audience because I think they need to support your book because you have such amazing content and check your website out and check your, <laughs> your podcast and everything. So just in summary, can you sum up what you have to offer the audience and, you know, just gifts to the listeners? Sure. The, my main website's rihannamilne.com. It's my name. So you go there. At the very top, you'll see the free ebook that tells you a whole lot more about childhood trauma. Then you go to the book section. You get free chapter downloads of both Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams, so both my books. And then um, also you can get um, the free love test. And if you want those interpreted and meet with me for deep dive assessment, Right now, it's only $47. It's a $500 value. So take advantage of it during this promotional time and get in while it's, you know, so reasonable. Absolutely. And get that yourself is cheap. started. I mean, start now. Don't wait. You know, it's time to create that life you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much, Rihanna, for being on the podcast, for being on the show. I was like smiling this whole time, guys, because, you know, she just gave some amazing knowledge nuggets. And I think as a married woman, and then I was thinking of my single life and thinking of my friends who are single. And there's just so much information there, especially once you've surpassed 
the late 30s, hitting about the 40s, and if you're still single, um, things that you got to work on so that you can have a better relationship and your knight in shining armor or princess or whatever it is coming to you. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I so appreciate it, Rihanna. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.